Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Continuing our coverage live from the Scouting Combine, and it's about to get live. More prospects making their way into the room. We have with us now... Ika Mikwanu, a.k.a. Iki Aquanu from NC State, offensive lineman, big and strong and can throw Chris Sims around, and I hope that he eventually will. Iki, welcome to the program. How are you? Am I supposed to be able to hear him? Iki can't hear. Iki can't, can't hear me. Iki can't hear you yet. That's okay, all right. I thought no <laughs> Iki was giving you a lot of praise. They need to turn up. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, saw my, I saw my name pull up. So I That's all right. Get on live me. here. It's all, I'm going to talk to him. The hell with that guy. You just said uh, me and you talk. All right, so first off, the name. You got to tell everybody that. All right. Icky, where did it come from? It's kind of a cool story. I want to hear you tell it. Yeah. So uh, I started playing Pop Warner football when I was in the third grade. I was about nine years old and I always wanted to play running back. That was always my dream position. And, uh, you know, during, <laughs> you know, that. Yeah, during you know, Oklahoma drills and all sorts of stuff, I used to always get a running back. And so one day my coach just said, he, I reminded him of Icky Woods, uh, Cincinnati Bengals running back. And ever since then, the nickname kind of just stuck. Right. I- I'm always in. I, I mean, you know how to do the icky shovel? I do. I actually added my own little spin to it, but I'm, I'm saving it, you know, so when I got get the opportunity so, to score. Oh, so when you get the old offensive lineman touchdown, you're going to give us the icky shovel. Yes, sir. Yes, all sir. Right, That's all the right. plan. Damn, I want you to get up and do it, but let's not do that right now. All right, other thing I'm interested in always, you know, football, your family, if I'm not mistaken here, mom's from Nigeria? Yes, sir. Or dad, too? Yes, sir. All right. How did, how did football jump on the scene for icky? Oh, you know, growing up, I played all the sports, and yeah. I played basketball, soccer, uh, flag football, and then uh, I just I just started, you know, watching a lot of NFL, and I just really wanted to start playing tackle football. So it took me a while, you know, to convince my mom to, yeah, to let me play. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They were probably yeah. like, soccer is what we do in Nigeria. Yeah, you don't exactly. play this sport. Soccer and basketball are probably the two main sports, but, right. you know, I just kept pressing her about it. Me and my uh, twin brother, O.C., just kept talking to her about it, and she finally let us play in the third grade. Yeah, okay, cool. Here comes when did you realize? I assume you can hear me now, Icky. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Still can't hear him. He still uh, he still can't hear you. Yeah. Icky still, he still can't hear me. Can, can, can we get him? This turned is up? Go ahead, Chris. I think, lips, I think Chris did yeah, this on know. purpose. <laughs> I did. I did it on purpose. This is Go awesome. Ahead, Chris. This is you and me, man. The heck with that guy. Okay. All right. So I, other thing, 
when did you know you were going to be a giant? Like, when did you know, like, oh, damn, I'm way bigger than everybody else? Uh, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I have a twin brother. We both came out pretty big. Um, so I kind of just, you know, ever since that, I guess, you know, I kind of just been pretty big for my age. And you know, even when I started playing Pop Warner football, I had to play with the middle schoolers, you know, growing up. They so. made you play with the, the, yeah, the, the uh, upper class. Yeah, upper, upper So when you were in level. fifth and sixth grade, they were making you play with the seventh and eighth graders, basically? Yeah, I was in, uh, I started in third, third grade, and I was playing with, seventh graders and then you know i went up i started playing with 14 year olds and i Holy. was like nine or ten and then uh, i started playing middle school football after that so i stayed in my age range but i was still pretty big for my age how give me like a, a guesstimate what were you, how big do you think you were in third and fourth grade what were we talking third here? or fourth grade i was probably around probably 100 pounds i'm not sure about the height yeah probably f- five something yeah but yeah. you were above 100 pounds already yeah. in third or fourth yeah, yeah, that's, that's big definitely. i think i hit like 140 uh going into fifth grade wow yeah sir. i have a fifth grader son and he is not 140 i can tell you that he's he's trying to get to 100 so mm-hmm. yeah you're definitely above there all right so mom and dad now though what are they saying about football now uh they're just excited you know yeah. to see me you know taking something i take so serious or something i'm so passionate about you know taking it to the next level they just they've always been and they're rooting for me. I've always been excited, and just they just love to see that passion in me. Right. All right, so this experience here, you're going to do the whole workout tomorrow? Uh, everything, but I haven't decided if I'm going to bench or not yet. That will be a game-time decision. But, Why you know, aren't you going to bench, dude? Uh, I always want to stay fresh for my 40. Yeah. You know, make sure it's, it's uh, you know, having it all in one day, you know, it, it might be a lot in the body. So I've been talking with my trainers, and we'll make that decision when it's, when it's time to make it. Yeah. But, yeah, all the running and uh, the skill work I plan on doing, the jumping, all that. So for everybody out there, offensive tackle, um, do you feel like it's it's I mean everybody talks about you being one of the top picks in the draft out of the tackle position. Do you feel like you got position versatility though? Like would you be able to play guard if you got in there and did that? You got experience? I haven't broken down your film yet, all right? Mm-hmm. So forgive me. Uh, in a month or so if we talk again, I'll break you down. I'll let you know all your issues. Yes, sir. <laughs> but yeah, you you you'd be comfortable going inside if you had to for a year or two. 100%. I played a little bit left guard uh, 2020 season. I played uh, some guard throughout high school, so I definitely feel comfortable moving inside. Um but, yeah, you know, if you ask me, if I see myself as a left tackle. Right. You know, I feel like I'm just really scratching the surface. You know, my, my potential at left tackle, and yeah. I just feel like, you know, with some more development and some more time to really get right at the position, I can be uh, I can be great at it. So. What's like, you know, they always talk about arm length, right, mm-hmm. a tackle position. Do you, do you think you're going to measure pretty long as far as that de- department goes? Yeah, I measure my wingspan at seven feet. Seven feet? Yeah, so that should be pretty consistent uh, come the measurements all right all right and then you you said about right now six four three ten yes sir three tens the usual did you play at three ten or have you cut weight just because of the drills and trying mm-hmm. to look good in your underwear when they take pictures yeah. of you and all that i played around uh 320 to 315 yeah and then i actually wound up getting a little bit sick during training and so instead of you know adding all that weight back so soon i decided to really focus on adding muscle okay and so during that process i dropped about uh I think about seven percent body fat. I think I gained about sixteen pounds of muscle and replaced it. So I feel I feel as strong as ever. Feel as good as ever at three ten. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you, forty time. Just give me like there. What, what range are we looking at? A big sub guy. Sub five. Yeah. You're sub gonna go five. sub five. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Damn. Okay. We'll see. I'm I'm gonna be happy for you. Yes, I'm watching sir. you run down yes, that. Watching your big butt run down the track. All right. Other thing I'm always interested in because I I played in the NFL. Not that I expect you to know, but offensive lineman, the ability to like flip the switch. Yes, sir. You're a gentleman. You know, you're very well spoken and all that. What, what, what is where does where does Icky go in his head to become the mauler at left tackle once the game starts? Honestly, I'm not really sure. It's just you know, always the mindset I had. You know, when I'm on the football field, I'm looking to dominate, and it just kind of just always been how I play the game. Uh, you know, football is one of those games where 
whatever you know is going on in your life, whatever stress is going on, academic stress, personal life, you know, you can just let it let it all out on the field. And so I've always you know taken that to heart and just let all my emotions, let everything I have all out on the field when I'm on there. You music guy, like before the game, you got the headphones on. I kind of listen to whatever they're playing. You know, it's usually uh, back home. You know, at NC State they like to play a lot of NBA Young Boy, so I've been listening to him a little bit, a little bit of Migos. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of different artists. But, yeah, whatever, usually whatever's playing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here's the other thing I want. Harvard, Yale, you had chances. You're that damn good of a student? Yes, sir. Like, what kind of grades are we talking about? Yeah, uh, coming out of high school, you know, I definitely had a Harvard and Yale offer. Uh, I maintained a 3.0 average, above a 3.0 average, you know, all throughout my time at NC State. Right. That's something I've definitely taken pride in. But, uh, yeah, almost went Ivy League. You almost went Ivy League. Damn. Yes, uh, yeah, well, you, you, it's worked out. You're doing good. All yes, right. Uh, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. I'm ashamed you didn't get to talk to Mike. Yeah, but I'm the cooler guy anyway, so this is good. Yes, Icky Ekwanu coming to a house near you at left tackle. Going to be pancaking people everywhere. We're going to break. We'll be back in a minute. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. One. Two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader. I'm excited for Mike. I, I really am. I, I think highly of him as a, as a person, as a friend. I have known him since he was a ball boy on, on my teams with the Denver Broncos. And, um, you know, I'm pulling for the guy. I think we all are because uh, Mike's a special person, aside from being a special football coach. There you are, Mikey. <laughs> I didn't even know you were there. <laughs> See you, buddy. <laughs> Savvy move by Mike McDaniel. Hang around the press conference of his former boss to see whether or not he says anything about him. And he did. And he said something good. So Mike McDaniel can walk off. It would have been more compelling if John Lynch had said something I heard, bad. I heard him. Then we may have had a little bit of a scene, a little Jerry Springer moment. All right. Chris, take this because we don't know whether or not yeah. our next guest. No, he hears it, you, so big you guy. He hears you. Unfortunately, he, he can it's been hear fixed. you. Yeah, All he's right. ready. I don't Get know. This started, guy Chris. likes you. The last old lineman didn't. He acted <laughs> like he didn't hear you. <laughs> uh, 
All right, we got Charles Cross, Mississippi State. Yep, I got you. 6'5", 310, big killer here from the SEC. Yes, sir. All right, man. So left tackle all the way, right? Yes, sir. We're talking, you going to do all the drills tomorrow? I am. You're going to do everything? You're going to do bench, too? I'm doing everything except bench. You're doing everything? You're going you're gonna to wait a little bit? I'm going to do that on my pro day. Yeah, I know. So, you know, we, we were just talking to Icky, right, a few minutes ago, and he, he I think he's going to wait, too, right? You know, offensive alignment, what people don't realize is, yes, you guys are huge and strong as hell and everything like that, but you got long damn arms. The bench is probably, like, one of the hardest exercises for you, correct? Yes, sir. It is, right? So, like, you just want a little more time to buy it so you can just pump out a few more reps. Yes, sir. That's right. exactly it. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. NFL, you came, you know, SEC, Mississippi State. Um, what, 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 what's the thing you're looking at in your game just from, you know, college to now to where, you know, I got to get a little bit better here because I'm going to be going against some, some different animals at defense end now. I definitely feel like I can improve on my uh, my pass game, yeah, uh, my run game, especially because I play uh, with Mike Leach, Coach Leach, right? Area offense, yeah. So uh, I definitely feel like I can improve in my run game. You're you're an incredible athlete. I mean, that's the one thing. Like I haven't studied you, studied you, but seen you enough and highlights and things like that. Like. What, what are you expecting to run on the 40 tomorrow? <laughs> like, just get ballpark. Don't put yourself out there too much, but ballparkish. My goal is a 4-8. 4-8? Yes, from what I see on film, you look like you can go 4-8. You definitely can. Mike, he's, like, big and athletic looking and uh, pretty smart and handsome, so he's kind of <laughs> got it all over here. And, Charles, one thing I'm always curious about, when a guy ends up 6-5 and 300 pounds plus, at what age – did you start to realize I'm going to be a pretty big, bad dude? Uh, probably when I was like in the seventh, eighth grade, I was like 6'2", maybe 6'3", um, tall, long. And I knew I was going to do something with my, uh, with my God-given God ability. Was there a moment on the football field where the light went on for you that, hey, you know what, I am pretty good at this? Uh, I say my junior year of high school, um, I think like the first, the first three, four games I played, I had to play against uh, Danny Dudgeons, and I feel like I did, I locked him down. Like I had a really great game on first three, the first three or four games. That that was when you knew. That was the that moment was where you're I like, knew. okay, I got a future in this. And who'd you say you locked down? Uh, I believe it was. It actually, he was one of my one of my old teammates at Mississippi State, uh, Jaden Cromedy. Um, Jameson Williams. Um, so there were some think. guys there that were some players in the SEC. Yes, you locked them down. You were like, I'm SEC material. Yes, sir. All right, so now NFL, you know, we talked about some of those defense ends you're going to block. When's it going to be that real moment to where you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, that guy's across from me and i got to block him? You know, who's that guy you're looking forward to kind of like facing off uh, against in the NFL? Oh, Von Miller, J.J. White, um, Montez Sweet. Um, oh, you want that SEC? Yeah, you want that Mississippi State Mississippi guy? Because he probably whooped your butt a few times when you were young, no? I actually, I actually uh, never got to play against him. He lived when I was coming in. Right, right. Well, so give me this, too. Growing up, who was your team in football? I actually didn't have a favorite team. I just like watching football. Yeah, you just like watching football? Yes, like sir. favorite players, though? Like who, you know, who are the guys you kind of gravitated towards? Like who's the offensive lineman, left tackle you look at and we're like, I want to be like him or make my game like him. Uh, definitely growing up, one of my uh, one of my favorites was Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith, yeah, yeah you got a similar build to him. Yeah, all right, Tyron Smith, he's doing good. He's made a lot of money and playing for a long time. That's a good one. Mike's got Mike's got some more for you too, Mike. Yeah, what's the area of your game as you're getting ready for the NFL level where you know 
I, I need to improve here. I need to shore up here if I'm going to be able to slow down some of these elite level pass rushers. Uh, I say just being consistent. Just being consistent in my set. Um, watching a lot of film, studying guys, learning learning their, their tips uh, on what they like to do. Have you gotten any kind of crazy questions yet? We always ask that every year. There's always some sort of an oddball question that gets asked. What's the strangest thing you've heard so far when you've talked to teams? Oh, surprisingly, I haven't had uh, any crazy questions. Nothing yet? Nothing yet. All right. All right. So that's, maybe, maybe it's that's because actually, you're so big. Kind of good. Maybe, maybe, there's a, maybe <laughs> once they get over 6'5 and 300 pounds, they're smart enough not to ask any questions that may get the, <laughs> the prospect agitated. Maybe that's smart, Chris. Where, where, yeah, it, it probably is. That's where I want to go with Big Charles here. Like, um, you know, I'm always – I love offensive linemen. I, mean, I played in the NFL a little bit. You guys are, like, so calm and cool in these situations. But, I mean, I see what you do on the field. Like, where does, where does Charles Cross get, like, nastiness from? Where, 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 how do you dive into that aspect of your life when it comes time to play? Oh, I just turn it on. Like, I have – for your game, I have a playlist I listen to. You got a specific it's playlist? Just, it's a, it just turned me on. Yeah. Who's on the playlist a little bit? Oh, uh, there's a lot of different guys. Yeah. Um, Lil Baby, Lil Dirk. Yeah. Uh, um, have some Chief Keith, some, some um, Biggie. It's like a you got a little a mix of all of all the hip hop generation there. Yeah. Sounds just like like Mike's playlist. He probably has a similar <laughs> playlist. But yo, dude, kick some butt. How did you all right, know? Man. Congrats. Uh, yeah, he knows. You guys are just <laughs> the same. But we're gonna go to break. All right, all right, Charles Cross, Mississippi State. He's gonna be a left tackle in the NFL, kicking butt right before before you know it. We'll be back in a minute. Look at me taking things to breaks here today. <laughs> Look at that taking over. I'll just go eat breakfast. All right, Tom Brady appearing with Fred Couples on Sirius XM yesterday. Couples asks a very simple question, Chris. Maybe you can tell us where you're yep. going. Says Brady, I wish I had a clear vision of what the future holds, but I think for me there's a lot of great things and a lot of great opportunities that I know. I said right after football season I was looking forward to spending time with my family, and I've done that the last five weeks, and I know there will be a lot more of that. So, you know, I like staying busy, that's for sure. Played a little bit of golf, yada, yada, yada. Bottom line, looking forward to some golf in the next few days, more family time, and then we'll figure out where we go from here. Uh, Chris, he's this is on him. You know, I've seen people what? complain like, that we're doing? talking about this and we're talking and we're making what? You know, we we oh we're making some big issue of this perception he doesn't want to play for Tampa. Open your eyes, people. Open your eyes. He wants to keep playing. He doesn't want to play for Tampa. That's what this is about. It does not take an advanced degree in neurosurgery to figure it out, which qualifies me to do it. This is what he's trying to set up. He wants to continue his career and he doesn't want to play for the Buccaneers. It's as plain as the noses on our faces. I, I mean, it is. I don't know what else to say. It, it's obvious. I mean, it really, you, you would have asked me three weeks ago about the Brady situation. I would go, uh, he's done. He's done. But now between some of these, I mean, the, the answer was clear there. I mean, where are you going to go? And he went down a wormhole of BS answer. Like, I'm going nowhere. I'm retired. I'm done. That's the answer. If you're retired. All he had to say. Listen, all he had to that's say. all he had to say. People could say whatever they want. 
There was interest with the Dolphins and Brady. They're going to ne- ne- deny that because it's not right. And, yes, now we sit here and I just go, with these answers, I mean, he's he is trying to make a play. Or he's certainly not closing the door. Right. And that's what I don't get. Here's a guy who may be blocking for Tom Brady this year or next year or the year after, or however yeah. long Tom Brady plays. Kenyon Green from Texas A&M. Good morning, Kenyon. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How about you? Well, I'm doing great. How, how would you feel if week one, wherever your career begins, you're putting your helmet on, you're walking out onto the field, and Tom Brady's your quarterback? All right, that'd be a blessing. Um, wherever I go, whoever's my quarterback, that'd be a blessing. Um, being able to, you know, block for anybody, you know, I'm just um, blessed and I'm able to, you know, come out here and show my talent and um, go to the next level. Texas A&M guy, just a couple of hours from where you grew up. What what made you choose to stay so close to home for college football? Right, um, it just felt like the the right place for me. You know, uh, it felt like felt like home. Felt like I I needed to be there, and I felt like uh, we was trying to change the program. You know, be different. Everybody was going, you know, different different places. You know, really wasn't looking at Texas A&M like that as a powerhouse. And now we're they're starting to form as a powerhouse. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> you know, I went to Texas. Right, uh, I'm a UT guy. Yeah. So I don't like this A&M powerhouse <laughs> crap talk, okay? Yeah. All right. Did Texas even get in the mix with you? Yeah, they was, but was, I knew I wanted to play in the SEC. You want so. to go to the SEC. Yeah. SEC's king because that's why you're sitting here. You've already blocked a bunch of NFL defense <laughs> alignment, and you know what it's like. Right. All right, you played all four – I mean, both guard, both tackle positions, right? right. I haven't got to study you yet, right? Right. But I do know that. Um, what's your what's your favorite? What, what do you like? Where do you like or where do you see yourself in the NFL? Uh, right now at guard, you know, that's where I feel most comfortable yeah. at and where I got my most reps. You got your most reps there. Right. Yeah. So you like and what is it about guard? You like just, you know, tackle you're on an island. Right. You know, guard, you can be a little bit more of the, the tractor and yeah. just, just drive people off the ball. You yeah. like that aspect of it? Yes, sir. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So I'm always interested in this college. You, you're in the SEC. Give me like a real answer here. Don't give me some guy on your own team or any of that crap either. All right, Kenyon, I want best player you had a block in college football through your years. Right, um, Derek Brown. Yeah. Javon Kenlaw. Ooh. Raekwon Davis. Right. Um, Damn. Yeah, those are three yeah. beasts right there. Um, Davison, number three from Auburn. Uh, Auburn. Yeah. 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 He's in uh, Atlanta now, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And then you got you know Will Anderson. Um, right, give me too many. I asked for one. Give me the one. The one, Derek Brown. Derek Brown. Yeah, sure. he was pretty amazing coming yeah. out. Yeah, I hear that. Go ahead, Michael. Can you give me an, an aspect of your game that you know you need to focus on improving if you're going to be effective on a regular basis against the best of the best in the NFL? Right, just hand comeback. Um, I feel like my hand comeback can, can be a little better, you know, tighten up my hands more. You know, play with more power in my hands. Yeah. So, so what was that first phrase you used? Hand combat. Yeah. Yeah. Just you know, and is that something you work on? I'm sorry, Mike. I'm just picking and backing off of this. Like, you just like, and what do you do to work on? You get with wrestling coaches or well, UFC just, people or not, anything like that? No, just really just hand combat. You know, knocking your hands off, replacing them, refitting them. Right. You know, different, different fits and everything. Got you. Got you. Sorry, Mike. Go ahead, man. No, that's fine. And, and I, anytime I see a guy your size, 325, how hard is it for you to keep your weight? I mean, is it uh, – because I know if I could eat whatever I wanted, I'd be able to get to 325 too. Do, do, you have to, do you have to consciously eat to keep it that playing weight? Or no, he doesn't. Or is it just, hey, you know no. what, the food's good and I'm just going to do it? 
He he definitely doesn't he he doesn't have a, you can eat if he eats too much he's gonna get big yeah 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 I am he's a naturally big dude yeah so normally when did I you just, first you know, realize go ahead go ahead norm uh, normally I just you know try to stay cool on eating bad and everything I'm trying to clean up that's why I did clean up my diet right yeah right didn't eat as many McDonald's French fries yeah yeah nah process. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When did you first realize you were going to be a pretty big guy? Uh, when I was young, I had to play up. So I never played with my age group in Little League. So I always had to play up. Like, like how up? Like there's the year up? Because like, we had uh, Icky here a minute ago. Right. Icky was like telling me when he was in fourth grade, they made him play with the middle schoolers. He was so big. Yeah. Which was a big jump. Right. Uh, like in middle school, I never practiced with my group. I always play, um, practiced with the eighth graders when yeah. I was in seventh grade. Right. So I was trying to play with the eighth graders, but they wouldn't allow me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Um, now you get to, like, NFL. Who's been your, like, your team, right, through your growing up? Who do you root for? And then tell me, like, your favorite guard in football. Who's the guy you model yourself after? Right. Um, I really don't have a favorite team. I grew up, you know, in this moment just wanting to – not have a favorite team because I, I would kind of like see myself playing in the league. Oh, you were already setting yourself up to yeah. not have favorites. Look yeah. at you there, Nostradamus. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Okay. And um, I really watch uh Quinn Nelson. You know the power he played with. Right. The intensity. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bring it, big guy. Yeah. Well, okay. Yes, sir. Hey, Kenny. Congratulations it. on all your success, and we look forward to seeing you at the next level. Thanks for some of your time today. Enjoy the rest of the combine. And, uh, again, all the best moving forward. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back with more PFT Live from the Scouting Combine right after this. Here we go on third down. Here comes the rush. Rolling to his right as Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Dighton. Caught. Touchdown, Chargers. There is one quarterback in the NFL that can make that play, and he is on the field here this afternoon. Awesome performances already in his NFL career, and who can forget the Week 18 Sunday night game to cap the regular season. The fourth down conversions over and over and over again as the Chargers did everything they could to force overtime and ultimately attempt to either win or tie and get to the postseason, something that the Chargers are trying to do as they build around one of the great young quarterbacks in the NFL. And joining us now, the guy who is responsible for putting that team around Justin Herbert and who benefits from having Justin Herbert, second-year Chargers coach Brandon Staley. Brandon, welcome back. How are you? Great to see you, Mike. Thanks for having hey, me. Do, do you still get amazed by the things Justin Herbert can do, or are you used to it by now? Um, I, I'm never going to take it for granted, that's for sure. Uh, but I'm definitely... Not as surprised as everybody else because I'm with him every single day. So I think when you go out there, um, as impressive as it is, as remarkable as it is, it's, it's unsurprising in many ways at the same time uh, because you're just you're with him every day. And you know the investment that he has in his game. And you're, you're on the practice field. You're in the meeting rooms. You're in the weight room. Uh, and you just know what he's putting into his game. And you know what he puts on film on a day-to-day basis. And so... When it, when it happens, when it, when it expresses itself on the football field, uh, that's just kind of the, uh, that's just kind of the, you know, the grand finale. 
Now, we only get to see the things that happen on the field. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen him do at practice? Well, we had this quarterback competition in the in the spring um, when Breeze was was coming by practice, and right. we kind of had that 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 uh, the turkey uh, hole shot deal where you throw up the disc and try to hit it. And I mean, this guy could have thrown it through. I mean, I mean, it, it, it could have gone forever. And how hard, how hard the, the pace, the the pace the, the, right. the velocity, yeah. and and Breeze was just kind of looking at Joe like, you got this is a joke, right? And then that, another one goes up and bam, you know, and and so. Just, I think, you know, when you're on the, the field with him, um, you know, there's just there's just not much that he can't do. Did, did you, when you took the job, you obviously knew he was good. But was it still, like, eye-popping a little bit when you finally saw it? Was it better, I guess, what I'm saying, when you finally saw it in person? Yeah, just, I think, I didn't have a, a concept of how, just how big he is. Right. And then, you know, he, he's, like, 240, but he looks like he's 225. I like, know. just a very well-built guy, um, big hands, and then... I think, you know, being a former quarterback, uh, I, I just am always impressed at how effortless it is. Yeah. You know, I think it's it's such a smooth stroke. The velocity, the spin, um, it's it's really catchable. Um, but he can drive the ball any part of the field. He can really, you know, I, I was looking like, hey, can he layer this shot? Like, what kind of touches he's going to have? Um, but I think the, the all the shots that he can shoot, the way he can throw on the move, um, when the pocket's tight, yeah. um, the accuracy when the pocket's tight, right. I think it, th- those are some things that I didn't know. And then I think the best thing about him, honestly, like just pure quarterbacking on the field is his instincts for the position. Yeah. You know, what he can see and then what he can feel, he can do both of those things. Yeah. And, and I think that that's what makes him such a special player, like on the field. I've seen some film of you at quarterback, all right? <laughs> yeah, I did. I saw it. You're a pretty good runner, actually. I was actually – I was. I needed to be. I the, needed char- to be. Uh, the Chargers, your media team, is going around doing some videos, um, and I got to watch it. And they showed it. I was going, oh, okay, I'm going to see Brandon Staley, the drop-back quarterback here. And this guy's over here, Mike, breaking ankles on people. I was like, what? He can run and make people miss? I was a little surprised. Yeah, well, I couldn't throw it like Chris Sims, so I, I, need, I needed to move. <laughs> I, needed, to move. I, I needed to move. All right, one thing um, I'm always interested in asking, just as far as great defense of mind, you were on the defensive side of the ball. What was, like, the biggest adjustment now going from defensive coordinator to head coach? Oh, crap, i got to worry about everything that's going on. Yeah, I think it's just really establishing that rhythm with all three phases of the game planning process and being involved in, in, in the entire plan, which is what I was excited about being a head coach. And I think, you know, being a former quarterback, I was excited to team up with Joe and, and, and help create this offense, you know, for Justin, Keenan, Mike, all these players. And, and, and I really enjoyed that. And then during the week, it was just, okay, from a timeline standpoint, I can't do it exactly like I did when I was the defensive coordinator yeah, for the Rams. Sure. Hey, you know, teaming up with Ronaldo Hill, who's a superstar, hey, kind of establishing our rhythm of, okay, like our hill, like this is going to be the way we approach the week. And, and that took some time yeah. uh, for me. Um, but I think I would say like after the bye, we really kind of nailed like our process. Um, and, uh, you know, that allowed us to operate better. And then me be connected, you know, with the other two phases. And then, you know, be, you know the team meetings, which are so important to me, uh, you know, defining the week and giving the blueprint for, you know, how we're going to play this game. Um, but I know that uh, one year into it, I'm just so confident in where we're going uh, because of who we're doing it with. Yeah. Hey, Brandon, one of the more amazing aspects of the 21 season for me was the fact that first-year head coach, defensive coordinator, becomes the face and the name of the effort to be aggressive on fourth down and go for it all the time. How have you reacted to how closely you've become associated as the guy who's ultra-aggressive and always wants to go for it on fourth down? 
Well, I just I think um, I, I think that from a from a mindset standpoint, that was something that was important to me. Being a former quarterback, being a defensive coordinator, know the amount of pressure that it puts on you. Um, I think that I wanted to establish that mindset, and, and really just going back to my background, you know, it's more the Bruce and Linda Staley coaching philosophy of, hey, KYP. You know, my father used to tell me like, know your personnel, and I think that when you have an offense like ours, you're going to try and maximize their ops to be successful. And I think that when you have a quarterback like ours, you're going to try and maximize his opportunities to be successful. And that's how you win in this league, by scoring the football. And I felt like that would put us in advantage situations. And I think that when we feel like we're in one of those situations, that we're going to be aggressive because if it doesn't go down, we have a lot of confidence in our whole operation you know, to make it go afterwards. And I feel like we were really open with our players about that. And I think it did create an advantage in how we played. And hey, going from you know, just first, second, third down into fourth down, that's going to change how we play. It's going to change how people defend us. And you know, ultimately, it's going to give us more opportunities to score. And I think as we go, I don't think that that's going to change. Um, but I think this year specifically, we were just playing to the strength of our team, which was our offense. And, and I thought that, uh, you know, that, that definitely um, allowed us to have the season um, that we had this year. How do you balance that against the need to be unpredictable? We heard Mike Tomlin say it about the Ravens when they went for two to try to win the game in Pittsburgh. Well, we know that that's what the Ravens do. Is there value in maybe maybe balancing and not going for it all the time just so the defense never quite knows what you're going to do in any given situation, if that makes any sense at all? No, it does. You know, I think in the Denver game, you know, uh, the last, the second Denver game was a good example of that. You know, they playing with backup quarterback, and we knew it was going to be kind of a possession game, and and we kicked two field goals in there tight. You know, on fourth downs that you know earlier in the season that we had that we had gone for, um, and I think that. What I told people is that we're going to treat each of these decisions like they have a life of their own. You know, we're not going to bank on, hey, we made this, so it's given us house money to go for something else, or, hey, we didn't get it, hey, that's going to turn us into some conservative operation. We're just going to treat each of these decisions like they have a life of their own. That's what I've told our team. Um, and I do think that there is that, there, there is that chess match that you're always trying to play. And I think that there's examples within the season both ways where we punted it or kicked it. Um, you know, and, and I think that that's always what we're going to try and do is play that chess match and, and look to the other side. There's that game within the game, and, and you're taking in all those factors as a head coach, you know, and I, and I think that that's really important, um, and that's what we're going to continue to do. Now, you got the other play. I mean, Dan, you were analyzed maybe more than anybody in football this year, and you had a great year. I certainly don't want that to be lost. You did a lot of good things. I mean, and you're a great defensive mind that I got respect for. But the Raiders game, mm -hmm. you know, everybody, the, the timeout, right? Mm -hmm. I'm one that's with you. I mean, they were going to run the play. They weren't going to just sit there and kneel the ball and go for the tie. Correct. Right. And I saw your defense alignment. Yeah, they were going to run that weak side run, and you guys were going to be screwed, and they were going to get eight or ten yards. I know they ultimately got that. But, yeah, what do you say to some of the people out there? Or how do you handle that situation? It just People got very critical, I think, with maybe not knowing all that was going on there. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the one thing you don't do is you're not defensive. I mean, you know that um, the way it went down, that there's going to be criticism. Right. And I just think the type of criticism is like, hey, my thought process was, hey, it's second and 11. We're in a nickel defense. We're in an eight-man front. Yeah. And we get split on a seven-yard run. Right. Like, we're plus one, and, and, and you get split on a seven-yard run. And so on third and four, you know, they've got the second-team all-pro kicker who's just, you know, 56-yarder to finish a game. Right. He's automatic. And, and so – you know, what I was trying to do is when the shot clock's going down, I know that they're slowing the game down. Right. When they came to the line, I was trying to see, okay, hey, they've got Renfro and Waller, two of the great third and, like, 
you know, deny the ball players. Right. Hey, are they throwing it or running it? When they brought it down, I was like, okay, I can see that they're running it. Yeah. All right, let me get our premium one-back run defense in there to make sure that they don't feel like kicking a field goal is a good idea. Right. And I felt like, hey, if we just go execute this, we get the stop, they punt it, and we're out of there. Right. You know, or they or they let the clock go down and it's a tie. Yeah. Um, and so that's what my process was, you know. And I think, you know, what they did was they did kick it. There was risk in a 47-yard field sure. goal. Um, what, what it would have been if it was a 51-yard field right. goal. And so what my process was is like, hey, let's make this 57-58 right. so they don't feel good about yeah. kicking it. And right. so that's why I put our premium one-back defense out on the field and uh, and we didn't execute, yeah. and, and, and it didn't go down for us. Yeah, that happens sometimes, certainly. All right, so next, the next phase. I mean, one thing I think people also don't realize is you took over a defense that was built for the 4-3. And, I mean, I believe, you know, you're, you're rooted in more of a 3-4 front, right? I mean, am I wrong about that? I mean, coming from Fangio and that, I know you're versatile. Yeah. But, you know, what's, what's the next step you're looking for for your defense as far as, like, personnel-wise and what you need to make your scheme go? Yeah, Chris, I think it's an excellent point. I think when you when you think about a system, you right. kind of think of, like, technique, scheme, and personnel. Yeah. And I think our systems, you know, were very different. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, I think uh, up front, like, kind of what we value, and then at corner, yeah. what we value are, are very different. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, when you take over a, a team, um, you know, there's three phases that you got to worry about. And, and it's not like college where you can just like, hey, turn this thing over in a year. <laughs> um, so there's a phasing into how you do things. And I think when I came here with, you know, Dean and John Spanos, Tom Telesco, um, you know, Ed McGuire, we, we, we knew that, hey, we're going to have a process in how we build our team. And so uh, I think defensively, there was a lot of good things that we did in year one in terms of installing a new system. That's yeah. very different. Yes. Um, but then, you know, I think that as you go, now you're able to onboard you know, uh, some personnel that you, you feel like can like really bring it to life. And so I think we played tough year one. Um, you know, we had some, uh, you know, injuries in the wrong places, you know, and that can happen in the league. Yep. And I think more than anything, what we get, where we got to go as a, as a team is just becoming a deeper team. Right. And I think, you know, becoming a deeper team, a more complete team, that's going to allow us to play the way, you know, we need to play in order to be a champion. More size up front. You know, people for people out there yeah. who don't know, right? At three, four, you'd like to have a little more size in the middle. I think maybe? size in the interior. Yeah. You know what we value. You know, size anchor, two on one blocks, and um, you know, I think that that's that allows us to to play the way we want to play in the secondary. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and then just at, at corner, you know, just we value people that can play man to man. Right. You know, and um, and we value having a lot of DBs. Right. You know, because this is a passing league, yeah. and you guys are all aware of the the players we have to defend. And um, and this year was a good example of it, and especially in our division especially in our conference mm -hmm. um, the passing attacks you have to play uh, you have to be able to cover Ooh, and you got your work cut out for you we, and, <laughs> and it's really every day in practice yeah you know like when you're on the practice field with Mike Keenan and Josh you know Austin yeah, yeah. Uh, you know you get and, and Justin's throwing it you know you gotta you gotta hold up on your own practice field. so <laughs> I hear um, you. that's where the NFL is right and Mike you're in the AFC West with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and now you've got Nathaniel Hackett coaching the Broncos and Josh McDaniels coaching the Raiders and, and there's the ever-present talk of Aaron Rodgers going to the Broncos. How, how do you, I'm very curious, how do you ignore that or do you ignore it? Are you paying close attention to it? Because obviously that's going to complicate your effort to win the division if all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers falls out of the sky and he's the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. 
Well, I think, I mean, you know, whether he's, coach, whether he's playing for Denver or he's playing for Green Bay, uh, you're going to have to run into him at some point. Um, and that's what my father always used to tell me, like the great players in the league, you're going you're gonna to play against them at some point, whether it's in your own division in the end, in the playoffs, Super Bowl, uh, you're going to play them at some point. So um, I think that uh, knowing that that's outside the Chargers' control, I think what we got to be able to do is focus on our team, Mike, and I think we did a really good job of that last year. Hey, focus on our team. And, and making it as good as it can be and creating a culture and identity, a way of playing that our guys believe in. Um, and I think that, you know, building a roster, building a, a team uh, that's built to last, uh, a team that can become a champion. And I think that we're, you know, a lot closer to that than we were one year ago. And I think, uh, like you mentioned, there's, there's fierce competition out there um, and, and we got to be prepared for it. And I know that we will. And I think regardless of who shows up in our division, um, you know, we're going to be prepared to play against them. And with your guy, Justin Herbert, he's been so awesome already. He's already one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Is there a ceiling significantly higher than where he is? And what are you trying to do to get him to get closer to whatever that maximum level of performance may be? Yeah, Mike, I think last year when I, I think when I first thought, you know, talked to you guys, I mean, you know, he's coming off being the rookie of the year and you know, people are saying, like, what are you going to do for this quarterback? You know, and like what, you know, hey, is this guy going to fall back to the, you know, come back to the field? And and I think that uh, certainly that did not happen, you know, and, and, and we felt like uh, there was so much improvement in him as a player. And I think um, the thing about Justin is he's going to put in the work to make the improvements. And he's just at the beginning as a, as, as a player. And I think Chris can attest to it. The inventory of experiences that you're able to acquire as a young guy, like it's so meaningful because, hey, two years in now he has double the experiences that he did a year ago now he's coming back in the same offense which is the first time that's happened in like the last six years so I'm really happy for him and you know I just think it's you know regardless of statistics you know who knows if he's going to throw for 5,000 yards again but it's it's how he plays the game and in his command of the offense his command of the defense his command you know of of our team and, and leading our football team and I know that he's going to make all those improvements and I think there is no ceiling to his play you guys have seen him you guys have seen him, and you guys cover the league, you know, and you watch everybody, and you, you have an inventory of all the history of the yeah. league, too. Yeah. And so you, everyone knows what they're seeing, um, and I think what, what's important for me is just we build a team that can bring out the best in him because I know, I know what he's going to bring to the table. You know, it's us being able to you know, uh, you know, arm him you know, with the ammunition so he can be as good as he can be. Yeah, uh, he's amazing. He made our jaws drop, I mean, every other week the whole year. Right, one thing I'm interested in just came to my mind a little bit, just a defensive game plan. And last question, I know you got to get the hell out of here. But, like, uh, as far as a defensive game planner, Talk about, like, you know, what does the movement of these quarterbacks do to you? Like, you yeah. know, when we grew up, there just wasn't these guys. Now no. now there's, like, you got three of them in your division, or yep. two of them at least, or yep. certainly. You know, and, and you got to face them in the AFC, like you talked about. How does that change your kind of game planning? What does it do to stress you guys out? Well, I think, you know, coming when I was with the Rams, I'm in the division with Murray and, right. and Russell. And I think um, you, you take a look at the, the quarterbacks in the league that are crushing it, you know, Pat, Lamar. Um, Josh Burrow, Allen, Josh yeah. Allen, right. you know, you, you got all these guys with mobility, Aaron, you know, the, you know, Murray Wilson, all right. these guys. Um, and I'm probably leaving some guys out just no disrespect. You know, no, know. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I yeah. mean, they're amazing, but, um, I think with the mobility of the quarterbacks are doing, and then the, the skill of the, the people catching the football is like, you can't have a bunch of air in the coverage because these guys, if there's a bunch of air, these guys are going to go 80%, 350, 400 on you without even like, I mean, they're going to be on cruise control. Yeah, yeah. And I think what the mobility does is if there's air in the coverage, they're buying more time for those guys to find even more space. Right. And these guys running through that space 
I mean, a real. You're talking about, you know, the Cincinnati receivers, right. the, the Kansas Tyreek City, and yeah, all that. I mean, yeah. you know, Stephon Diggs. I mean, yeah. these guys running <laughs> through you. And right. so um, I think as a, as a, as a defense, and I, that's why, you know, I believe so much in the way we play, um, is you got to be connected with people. Yeah. And then you got to have coverage systems that make it tough on the quarterback post-snap. Right. And, and I think that you got to force these quarterbacks to operate once the ball snap. And if you don't do that, if they know pre-snap what's going on, You're you dead. got no shot. Dead. And if there's no – if there's air in the coverage – they're going to go 80% and they're not even going to yeah. breathe hard. Yeah, they're not going to blink. You yeah. know, and then with the mobility, everyone's saying, well, why don't you blitz them? Well, okay, like that's a strategy, but hey, now everybody's one-on-one on the outside and hey, you got, now you're one-on-one. So that ultimate chess match, you know, is why it's, it's so challenging to defend now. And, but I also think it's what makes the league so special. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's what I talk about building a complete team though, because, you know, for you to become a champion and win three or four games, you know, in the playoffs, um, you're going to have to defend. And if you don't and you're just saying, hey, man, we're going to outscore these people. Hey, there's going to be a, a night that you have an off night. You don't shoot it. Well, hey, maybe it's snow. Right. Hey, win. Like, right. hey, something happens. you got to be able to win a lot of different ways. And I think that's what I talk to you guys about being a more complete team. That's where we're headed. And, um, and that's what needs to happen for us to become a champion. Yeah. It's fun to watch, Brandon. Congratulations on a great start to your coaching career. You're one of the most fun teams to watch and cover, and we can't wait to see what you do in 2022. Thanks for some of your time. All the best, and we look to look forward to talking to you again real soon. We're going to take a break. We'll have more PFT Live from the Scouting Combine right after this. Every day those guys uh, understand that it's a challenge. So in terms of the, the room and those type of things, Tony, I'm not going to get into that necessarily, but uh, I, I think Baker, all of our players understand that it's a competition. You're getting challenged every single day. They treat every day like a challenge. So uh, I'm comfortable with, with how that goes, but how the rest of the offseason goes, I, I think we'll see. Yes. That was Kevin Stefanski yesterday talking about quarterback Baker Mayfield. And look, if you have a true high-end shortlist franchise quarterback and the question comes up about bringing in competition, you get the Bill Belichick eye roll and harumph. Anytime that the conversation turns to the coach saying, yeah, we may bring in competition, that tells you what everyone knows. They, they don't know what Baker Mayfield is and what he's going to be. And there's nothing wrong with having someone else there in the event that Mayfield gets injured again especially if he's going to inflict injury on himself by making a tackle after throwing an interception, or if he just doesn't get it done. You need to have an alternative if he doesn't get it done, because if he doesn't get it done this year, it's over. There's no contract beyond this year. If he doesn't get it done, if he plays this year like he did last year, Chris, he's not going to be there next year. So they got to have somebody else ready to go. Agreed. I mean, they got to have somebody ready to go either way, even just in the fact of like, like we've discussed during the year. I mean, this is a team to me that's, again, they were disappointing last year. We know that. It's one of the more talented rosters in all of football. They got to have that to protect themselves. And yeah, Baker Mayfield, again, yeah, there was some injuries this year. He's not a real big guy either. So I would, if I'm them, I certainly would want to protect myself that way. Um, and and really, with, with Baker, they got to continue to grow too. You know, Baker, yeah, he was banged up. It was a tough year. We've, we've talked about some of my concerns or the things of, as far as, you know, the offensive passing game being a little bit, you know, lacking imagination. And then they need a difference maker receiver, period. They need somebody that 
can make a defense go, whoa, wait, we got to do this, we got to do that. And they, those are things they need to do to help Baker Mayfield this offseason too. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that they take two steps forward, two steps back. One step forward, two steps back. And they just, and this is the year that the expectations will be lower. They were sky high last year. I think. I think some somebody yeah. wanted, somebody on the show had them. Go I to picked the Super them to go to the Super Bowl and against the Rams. It was justifiable. Yeah, I picked them to play the Rams. But it wasn't crazy. <laughs> it wasn't crazy. Right. But they they dipped, and now the expectations are going to be low, especially with the Bengals and the Ravens. And uh, this is their year to overachieve. But if if Baker doesn't do it this year, he's done. It's over. Kaput. This is it. This is it. It's up or out for Baker, Chris. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And, yeah, he's got to grow as a player. He's got to be a little more consistent, like mechanics. We broke that down during the year. You know, I think we'd both like to see him, you know, continue to grow a little bit as far as standing behind the podium and acting correctly and not worried about what every person in the world says. Those are things he needs to improve, certainly, but they got to help him, too, like we said. And it is. It's a huge year for the Browns and, and Baker Mayfield. We're going to take a break of about eight hours. We'll be back at 5 Eastern with more from the Combine. Have a great day. See ya. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.